Thank you for listening to this recent message from the Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you in your faith journey. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com. Hey, what's up, Rescue Church? I want to say welcome. Good morning. I'm so glad to have each and every one of you joining us in all of our different locations. Um, Hey, listen, uh, we are getting ready to hear a message that I really believe God is going to say some things to us today. I know I say that almost every Sunday, but I really believe that almost every Sunday, that uh, God really wants to say something specific to your life. I I want to apologize right on the front end of this message. My voice is getting ready to leave. I can't even guarantee that I'm going to make it through this entire message this weekend, okay? But I'm going to do my best and ask the Holy Spirit to step in and convict your heart when I start going into miming motions because I can't finish this message, all right? If you've got your Bibles, we are in John chapter 8, and we're going to talk about freedom today. Um, I'm going to tell you, too, that I'm fast-forwarding a few verses from where we were last weekend, and here's why. I'm just skipping a few verses, not because it's not good content, but it's a little redundant from what we talked about a couple weeks ago. A few Sundays ago, we, we had a message called murmurs from the crowd and uh, we talked about who is Jesus you know we kind of walked around the crowd and heard different people say different things about who they thought Jesus was and it's kind of getting back to that same theme and so I wanted to fast forward to just a few verses in the middle of John chapter 8 that I'm so excited to preach and share with you this weekend and so I'm going to pick up in John chapter 8 in verse 31 okay here's what the word of God says John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him. I want you to focus on that word believed. So Jesus is saying something to people who have believed in him. Jesus said, now watch what he does. He kind of lays out an if-then scenario here. He says, if you continue in my word, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We're going to pause here for just a minute. I want to just draw out a couple observations about a big word. The word is discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple? It just means to be a follower of Jesus. But based on this passage of Scripture, there's a couple of things I want you to notice. It's not on the screens. It's not on your handouts. But you can write this down if you want. Um, Discipleship begins with belief. We don't really start following Jesus until we believe in him. That's the first step, is to accept his word as truth and accept his claims as truth. So discipleship starts with belief. (laughs) Excuse me. Secondly, discipleship involves remaining in God's word. Jesus said, if you continue in my words, then you're my disciples. What does that mean to remain in his word? I, I would list three things. Maybe we could come up with more, but... Certainly to remain in God's word means to be listening for for God to speak into my life. Can I just ask you a question? If you claim to be a follower of Christ, what is your habit for listening to the voice of God? How do you hear God speaking into your life? Excuse me, I'm going to do this a lot. I'm afraid in the message. Just bear with me. I believe it involves learning. To, To continue in God's word involves learning from the word of God. 
That's why we're making such a big deal this year about reading through the Bible together as a church family. Because as we read scripture, we are learning about God. So we're listening to God. We're learning from God. But I would also add another word, and that's obeying. You can't follow Jesus and be his disciple. You can't continue in his word if you don't obey what he shows you and what he tells you. It's not enough just to hear his voice and learn about God if you're not going to put it into practice and obey him. That's what it means to be a disciple. You're, you're following Jesus. You're continuing in his word. Jesus said in that passage that discipleship has something to do with knowing the truth. He said, you will know the truth. And by the way, I just want to point this out, that the truth is not a belief system. The truth is a person. The truth is Jesus. He is the truth, and we need to know him personally for ourselves. He said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So the fourth thing I want to say about discipleship is that it results in freedom. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you truly walk in his ways and continue in his word, if you learn to know the truth, Jesus said the truth will set you free. I want to get right to the main point of my message this weekend, and if you would write this down, here it is. Here's a summary of these verses. Knowing and following Jesus is the key to freedom. Knowing Jesus and following Jesus, that is the key to walking in freedom in your life. And, and I'll tell you what, here's what I want to do in just a moment. I want to kind of put some clothes on this, if you will. I want to flesh this out for you a little bit and help you see how this works. You'll notice on your handouts, I've given you a table, and we're just going to look at 10 things. I'm going to try and get through them fairly quickly. Now that my voice is killing me, I wish I would have picked two things, okay? But we're going to go through 10 things. I could have picked so many more topics and I could have picked so many more scriptures, so by no means is this everything that God's word has to say to these issues. But you'll notice on your handouts, on that table, on the left side, I've labeled that column, lies that I believe that keep me in bondage. These are lies that the world tells us. These are lies that I'm tempted to believe are true in my life. And on the other side of that, that other column is the truth that will set me free. So let me show you how this works. What does Jesus mean when he says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free? Let me give you an example. Here's a lie. A lie that Satan would love for you to believe is this. Any path I take leads to God. Have you ever heard that before? Doesn't matter what you believe, just be sincere about it. Because all paths end up leading to the same place. But guess what? Jesus said something completely opposite to that in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And see, if we believe that, it sets us free. So the truth of God's word is like a key that begins to break the bondage. I want to I use this prop on the stage today. I want to suggest there are a lot of people in the rescue church watching this message this weekend that you are living in bondage. And Jesus Christ came to this earth and he died on the cross and he gave his blood, he gave his life in order that you and I could be set free. Jesus came to break our chains and to set us free. Well, how does he do that? He does it through his truth. The truth is, I believe when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I apply that to my life, the chains begin to come undone. 
Let's look at another one. Here's a lie. My good works will get me into heaven. I hope I'm speaking to some religious people here this weekend. Because religion tells you that. Try really hard to be a good person. And just hope that at the end of the day, your good outweighs your bad. And God will let you into heaven because of all the good things you've done. But that's not the truth. That's a lie. Here's what God's word says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace... You have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. The word of God is a key. It's the truth to freedom. It's not about the good works that you do. It's not about how hard you try to impress God. It's about you accepting the work that Jesus gave on the cross. And when I believe that, it sets me free from a life of legalism. It sets me free from a life of trying so hard to please a God by keeping all his rules. And instead, I rest in a relationship of a Savior who was good enough for me. And I don't have to perform for God. I need to obey him. But see, even in that, he helps me and gives me strength to follow him. My good works won't get me into heaven. Here's another lie. I am defined by my past sin and failures. I might be speaking to someone this weekend that you walked through the doors of church or you logged on to this message today and you are believing that because of the stuff in my past, it defines who I am today. And you wear labels. And remember last week we talked about how Satan is the accuser of the brethren. That he, he accuses us all the time. He loves to hold up our past sin and failure and, and rub our face in it all the time and just remind us of how completely unlovable we are. But that's not the truth. The truth is in 2 Corinthians 5.17, God's word says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If we're in Christ, all of the stuff in our past has been forgiven. It's been dealt with. We've been set free from it. We're no longer viewed in all of our sin. And the truth of God unlocks those chains that hold us fast in guilt and legalism and, and this shame from our past. And the truth of God sets us free for a life of pleasing the Lord just by simply being his son, being his daughter. The truth will set you free. Let's look at some more. Here's one. I've heard people say this before. This situation I'm in is absolutely hopeless. There's no way out of the situation. Am I speaking to any hopeless people today? Am I speaking to anybody this weekend where you really believe, man, I'm... I'm I'm up against something and there's no way out of it. I can't get out of this thing. And you know what? Some people would be tempted to believe the enemy would be right there with the lie saying, you know what? There's really only one way out of this. If you just end your life, all the hopelessness goes away. That's not what God's word says. That's not the truth. The truth that sets us free, God would say this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation, or you could put the word no test, no trial, has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And all that means is other people have gone through this before as well. It's part of being human. It's part of living in a world that's cursed by sin. It says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted or he will not let you be tested beyond what you can bear. 
But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So you might be tempted to believe that this is hopeless, the situation I'm in, there's no way out of it. And God's word would say, no, that's not true at all. I'm going to snap those chains of that lie, and I'm going to let you know that there is a way out of it. There is nothing that you're going through today that God doesn't know about, that he doesn't care about, and that there's not a way out. He's already provided a way, and the truth of Jesus sets you free from the lie that this is hopeless and there's no way out. Here's a lie that maybe some of you are listening to today. It's a lie that says my life has no value. It would just be easier if I weren't here because no one cares about me. No one loves me. I've made so many mistakes. My life really doesn't even matter and have that much value. In Ephesians 2.10, God would say, nope, that's not the truth. That's a lie. The truth is, for we are God's masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. You are a work of art by the Creator. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. What that truth from God's word is saying is that God has a plan to use your life for good things. You're not worthless. Your life is not of no value. The truth of God's word would snap those chains and break the locks and set you free. You have value in the sight of God. Your life is not meaningless or valueless. How about this one? This is a lie our culture loves. My sexual promiscuity is really no big deal and is not hurting anyone. It's none of your business. We hear it all the time. What happens between two consenting adults? What happens between a consenting adult and a consenting child? If you think that sounds disgusting, that is the direction our culture is moving in. What happens between two consenting men, two consenting women? It's none of your business. And it's a lie because the truth of God's word says, hey, listen, flee. 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. We've bought a lie in our culture that says, you know what? Love is free. It doesn't matter. It's, it's just a physical thing. It's just recreational. There's no spiritual attachment. There's nothing deeper than that. And when the truth is this, the God in heaven who created the gift of sex knows that it comes with deep spiritual meaning and purpose. And when we take this gift that he made for marriage and we take it outside the walls of marriage, he knows it's a trap and it leads to bondage. And we've got all kinds of broken families and broken hearts and broken lives because people have believed the lie that, you know what? It doesn't matter what I do in the bedroom. It doesn't matter if I follow God's plans for my life. The truth of God's word will set you free from the bondage of sexual sin and enslavement. Here's one. My happiness comes from having more money and possessions. I believe I'm speaking to people this weekend that you believe that. Sometimes I believe that, that if I just had more stuff, if I just had more money, I'd be happier. And the truth of God's word says, no, that's actually a lie. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 says, godliness with contentment is great gain. When you're content with the things that God has given you, that's where happiness comes from. You want to be happy? Be content. Learn to be grateful with the things God's given you. The truth of God's word breaks the chains in our life and it sets us free. How about this one? Let's talk about addiction. This addiction 
will take away all of the emptiness that I'm feeling. I wonder if I'm speaking to someone this weekend that you keep going back to an addiction. It's a behavior. It's a substance abuse. You're trying to fill your life with something. And the lie you're believing is that if you just get enough of that substance, enough of that thing, the emptiness inside you will be gone. Whatever that pain that's motivating that, whatever the lie you're believing is, it'll be all better when I have more of that stuff. But see, that's a lie. And the truth of God's word would say this, Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's truth. By the way, side note, is it wrong for God's people, for Christ followers to, to have alcohol? I believe according to the Bible, the answer is no. It's not wrong to have a drink of wine. But what that verse clearly tells us is don't get drunk on wine. Instead, don't, and I find it interesting, we call liquor spirits. So the word of God is saying, don't fill yourself up with that kind of spirit. Instead, fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit. Because he's the only one that can really meet you in that place of emptiness and bring happiness and fulfillment and satisfaction. And the truth of God's word snaps the chains of bondage and addiction and it sets us free. See if I can get this one off here. This one got put on there real good. I believe there's people listening to this message this weekend that need to be set free from a lifestyle of addiction. And it's the lies you're believing that are leading to that addiction that you keep feeding. And the truth of God's word would set you free. That's what Jesus is saying. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How about this one? I can't get past my fears. Am I speaking to anybody this weekend whose life is just consumed with anxiety and worry and fear? And it's crippling. And the more time you give yourself to think about it and go there in your mind, things just keep getting worse and, and, and it becomes more and more debilitating. To where you're afraid to even step out and try anything new or take any kind of a risk because fear. Every time you turn the corner, it's fear. Can I just tell you that fear is a lie? And here's what the truth of God's word would say, 2 Timothy 1.7, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's saying, no, you don't have to be afraid. The spirit that I've put inside of you is not one of fear. It's one of love and power and self-discipline. I will break that chain. You can be set free. I'll give you one more. And again, these are just random. I could pick so many more lies that we believe and show you how the word of God can set us free through his truth. But how about this one? My approval comes from others. We believe that, don't we? Can anybody say social media? When was the last time that, that you went on Facebook and, and you just were so tempted to compare, that's a good word, compare your life to other people? And you're sitting at home on a Friday night with no plans and no life and you're watching all your friends and all your family. They're out running around living a dream. Can I just point something out real quick about social media? And I'm not mad at Facebook or social media, but I just need you to know what's happening when you scroll through social media. What you're looking at 
is the highlight reel that people choose to put out there for the world. Most people. Most people do not put all of their junk and garbage on social media to share with all the world. Some people do. You know some of those people. Some of you are those people and you need to knock it off. Okay, I'm grateful that most of us don't just feel the need to put all of our fights and arguments and disagreements and junk on social media. Okay, thank you for that. But hear this, watch this. Just because somebody isn't posting about all their crap in their life doesn't mean they don't have any. Instead, the pictures we choose to put out there, the the posts and the status updates we put out there are very much geared to helping people think, we've got it all together, we're the happy family, look at us, we always have fun. And the truth is, you're not looking at a real snapshot of someone's life when you're looking at social media. And by the way, even if you were, your approval does not come from other people. Your approval does not come from how many likes you can get on a Facebook post or how many people retweet one of your things on Twitter. I don't even know how to use Twitter, but it's not that important how many people retweet it. That's not what makes you valuable. The truth of God's word would say in Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Don't be so afraid of what other people think of you. Don't be so concerned with what other people think of you because when you do that, it's bondage, it's slavery. And God didn't come for us to be in bondage. He came to set us free. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And again, we could go on and on giving examples of how the truth of God's word breaks the lies that we are tempted to believe that lead us into bondage. But I want to point it out. As you look at that table, as you think about the verses above it, John 8, 31 and 32, where Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I want you to understand it comes from knowing Jesus. That's where our freedom comes from, knowing him and then growing in his word, growing in the knowledge of his word. And then don't miss this really important thing. It's about his help, his spirit living inside of us that helps us break those chains of slavery and bondage. All right, we got to get back to the passage of scripture here because this next verse, you got to see this. Verse 33, listen to what the Pharisees say to Jesus, okay? The religious leaders, they answered Jesus. They said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Okay, let me point something out here real quick about the religious leaders. Well, just the Jewish people in general. It was very important to them to know what their lineage was, that they could point back their family line all the way back to Abraham, Because, for one, it was part of their national heritage. It's what set them apart as a people. But number two, and probably more importantly, in their mind, they were in right standing with God if they could point their family line back to Abraham. And so they make this very interesting statement to Jesus that that we are the descendants of Abraham. We've never been in bondage at all. They're kind of holding up their family lineage as something to be proud of and saying we've never been in slavery. Well, check it out. i got to say two things. First of all, um, God, here's just the universal truth. God is not impressed with your family line. Nobody enters the kingdom of heaven riding the coattails of their family lineage or their, nation, their nationality. 
or their heritage or anything else. We come into the kingdom of God one soul at a time, placing our personal faith and trust in Jesus. And these guys didn't understand that. These guys thought just because they were the descendants of Abraham, they were good to go. But this is an interesting statement. Here's the second thing I want you to see about this verse. When they say we're the descendants of Abraham and we've never been in bondage to anyone, that's completely not even true. And this really jumped out at me this week as I was studying this. Like, whoa, time out. What about the 400 years that the nation of Israel was living in slavery in Egypt? What about that? What about when, when the northern ten tribes of Israel were invaded by Assyria back in seven, or 586 B.C.? No, 722 B.C. was the northern ten tribes. What about when the southern two tribes of Judah were invaded by the Babylonians in 586 B.C. and they were conquered and they were hauled off into captivity? What about the fact that you are currently right now living under Roman oppression? How are you saying that you've never been in bondage to anyone? And you might be saying, John, what does that have to do with my life? I mean, okay, you're pointing out that these people were in bondage. Here's, here's the modern day parallel. How many people am I speaking to today that would say, you know what, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm free. I can do anything I want. I could stop any time. I could break out of that lifestyle at any time. Really? And why haven't you? And you might say, I, I'm doing the things I want to do. And I would continue, no, you're doing the things sin wants to do you're in bondage i wonder how many people would make a statement just like these pharisees that would say i've never been in bondage to anybody when in reality your life is shackled in chains and locks and jesus wants to break those chains and set you free you don't even see how much enslavement you're dealing with it's interesting they claim they're free they've never been in bondage to anyone and it couldn't be farther from the truth Well, look how Jesus responds to them. Verse 34, Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Notice Jesus is making a distinction between a slave and a true son. And I guess I would just pose the question to everyone listening this weekend is, which are you? Are you a slave to sin or are you truly a son or a daughter of the Most High God? Jesus came to set us free. He said, if you're really my disciples, you'll continue in my word. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Are you free this weekend? Are you free? We're going to pause right here, and then next week we're going, to get, we're going to keep this passage going, and we're going to see an amazing statement that Jesus makes to these Pharisees when he calls out who their daddy is, who their father is. And I'm just going to let that hang right there. We'll pick that up next week and see what Jesus has to say to this group of religious leaders. But today I just want to bring this down to a couple practical steps. We believe in this church that our vision is to make an impact in our communities by helping people do three things. And here's what I want to challenge you to take a step, one or more of these steps. Number one, we believe that if we can help people come to know Jesus Christ and grow in their faith and go serve others, we'll make a real difference in our communities. So my question to you is, do you know 
Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in him? Have you believed in him? Do you know the truth? Secondly, to the grow step, I'm just asking some Christians in the sound of my voice, are you growing in your knowledge of God? Are you able to hear God's voice speak directly against the lies that our world tells us all the time and that we sometimes believe? Do you have a regular habit of hearing the voice of God speaking into your life through preaching, through reading his word, through prayer, through godly counsel? Hey, by the way, I feel led to just say this. If you ever get to a season of your life where you're starting to cut off your Christian friends because you're starting to go down a path and you don't want to hear what they have to say about it, you're cutting yourself off from the voice of God because your Christian friends will call you to the remembrance of God's word and they'll hold you accountable. That's how this thing works. Are you growing? Or are you fooling yourself and telling yourself you're free when in reality you're in bondage? And the chains are getting tighter and tighter and heavier and heavier. The good news is, Jesus Christ came to set you free from those chains. But you got to know the truth. you got to walk in the truth. Are you going? For those of you that would say, John, I've been set free. Are you using your freedom to, to set others free? Or are you just kind of keeping it all to yourself? Man, I want to challenge the people of this church. If you'd be like, John, honestly, I do know Christ as my Lord and Savior. And John, seriously, I, I really do believe, as to the best of my knowledge, I'm growing in my walk with the Lord, and, and I really am set free. Like, there's not a lot of areas of bondage in my life. Man, praise God for that. That's awesome. But then my challenge to you is this. Are you sharing your faith with others? Are you using your freedom to help bring God's truth into other people's lives so that they can be set free as well? Say, so listen, church, I don't know how God wants to use this message in your life, but I really believe that he is speaking right now to hearts in all of our locations. And I want to challenge you as I close in a word of prayer, whatever the next step is that you need to take, man, let Jesus break some chains in your life today and get free. Let's look to the Lord in a word of prayer today. God in heaven, I thank you for this time that you've given to us. Lord, thank you for your truth, and thank you that your truth really does set us free. Not so much from physical chains, Lord, but from the spiritual, emotional, mental chains that hold us fast through the lies that we believe, through the lies that we accept from others, the lies that we tell ourselves. Father, right now I pray if there's anyone here today who does not know Jesus, I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them. Lord, I pray if there's anyone in the sound of my voice that is believing a lie or multiple lies from the enemy, right now I pray you just expose those lies for what they are with your truth and break the chains of bondage that are holding them back. And Lord, I pray that we would be a church that is going and actively sharing our faith in you with others. Lord, I love you. You get all the praise and the honor and the glory for how you choose to use this message in this church and beyond. I pray you just have your way in our hearts this week, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Rescue Church Past Messages. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses or check out our iCampus at therescuechurch.tv every Sunday at 10 a.m.